what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer at the Action Network, and this is your Western Conference Finals Game 3 Preview Best Bets episode on Buckets. We're going to go through all the sides, props, totals that you need to bet this game. Everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best place for you to track your picks. You get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in as well. As you're going to find all of our great shows, you're going to be able to catch this show as well as our WNBA episodes, which are awesome. I already got my bets in for the first day of NBA of WNBA betting on Fridays. We record this on Friday morning. Uh, you can check out all that kind of stuff. We've got our pro tools. And if you would like to get those pro tools, a great free way for you to do that might be, if you don't want to pony up, which you should, is to check out, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, tell us why you love the show, and tell us your favorite analyst, whether it's Sean Little or Brandon Anderson, Jay Money, or Jim Turvey, or Joe Delera, whoever it is, just leave that in the comments. And one winner will be selected, and you'll either win free merch, or you can win a one-year pro subscription on the Action Network app. You're going to find so much cool stuff in there. Uh, all of our, like, the sharp indicators, what our models put it at, all sorts of great stuff. Make sure to check that out. Joining me today to break down Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals, the Denver Nuggets up 2-0 on the Los Angeles Lakers. Sean Little from MSG Networks. You can find him on Twitter, at Chicago Flow. Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Fellas, the Lakers open at minus 5. They are currently minus 5 in the market. There are five and a halfs in the market as well. The total in this game uh, was at 223, moved to 222, overnight bumped back up. There's 223 and a halfs in the market. We'll go around the table. We'll say our uh, best bets for game three, and then we'll come back around and we'll do the cap. Uh, Sean, let's start with you. What do you like in game three, Lakers Nuggets? Going back to Los Angeles, I'll take the Lakers full game minus five and a half. And I like the first half, but I'm going to play a little, I'm going to play it a little differently here. I'm going to take the first half margin on the Lakers to be up one through five points at plus 320 and then six through 10 points at plus 380. I'm going to play both of those. Gives you that one to 10 point window in the first half of the Lakers. Brandon Anderson, best bets, game three. This is exciting. I'm picking the same bets as Sean, but his are more complicated than mine. I don't think this has ever <laughs> happened before in buckets. I got, the, I got the easy angles today, guys. Just give me Lakers first half, Lakers full game. Minus two and a half first half. Take the minus five on the full game. I don't mind the five and a half. And then back to the well on Anthony Davis, over three and a half steals plus blocks. And then pretty directly correlated, give me Nikola Jokic over three and a half turnovers. It's a really correlated series of plays. Does that make you at all like just a little bit nervous? Yeah, we'll talk about it. I, I probably will be playing like partial units on, especially the stocks turnovers play are, are very directly the same thing. But I know that for some listeners, some books don't offer turnovers and some don't offer steals plus blocks, just one or the other. So I'm kind of trying to give you multiple options at different bites of the same apple too. So yeah, it's a good, good thing to point out. 
want to note the juice on this has really bumped up. Uh, Brandon bet this the the first half line last night at minus two and a half. There are threes and three and a halves in the market. You want to shop, shop around. FanDuel is the best number. Brandon landed this last night at like minus 110. By the time that I got into in on it, it was minus 115. And then like now it's all the way up to minus two and a half, minus 132 first half spread. Oof, I didn't so, even see that. Yeah. So like the juice is pretty heavy here. So, I'm, well, I guess the question here is Brandon is like some books will, will give you better juice on better, better numbers. Uh, we don't want to give out stale lines. So like, do you, are you fine at three? Are you fine at three and a half? Is there a stopping point? That's a good question. So somebody asked me this on Twitter the other day too. For me personally, I'm not playing my own model as much. I, I'm just playing like, this is the spot. This is the team that I like here. So for me, almost always in the NBA in particular, a half point, a one point is probably not going to throw me off. Either I like the team enough that I probably thought it was a real margin here or I didn't. So I'm not almost always going to take the the better payout for me here. So same thing in any game, if you have someone asked about an eight and a half versus an eight on, on uh, I think the heat for game one and one of them at a plus money, one of the minus money. It, look, I, I'm not cutting the margin so thin the way I bet. I, I probably, if I took the heat, it's because I thought it was going to be like five points or less there. So I had enough margin that I just want to take the better payout. So yes, I would chop around. I would not uh, not worry too much about the two and a half, three and a half, and just try to get the payout. Usually over time, that's going to add up in your favor. Uh, I'm also on Lakers minus two and a half. As I said, I grabbed it last night. I'm fine with you playing this. I, like, I, I think it's fine to three and a half. If you get a four, I would, the first half margin, it's a little wonky. Like, that's a little wonky. The numbers are really good on it. The numbers are great in the first half uh, for coming off of, off of a 2-0 uh, series deficit. But um, I will say that uh, a great, to brandon's point as far as like instead of playing really the number uh, i don't know if you know this brandon but in the playoffs this year when favorites win uh 42 9 and 1 against the spread i want to note that there like i said there's been like some really good trends on these kind of things uh if we look back so here are the numbers for if you are in game three as a favorite and you've lost the first two games in the in the series hang into this one uh, if you've lost the previous two and you're at home it's just what i looked at if you lost the previous two and you're at home which the majority of these are going to be game threes 139 and 56 at 71 percent straight up 114 79 and 2 at 59 percent against the spread uh first half out of those teams that are favorites at home having lost two straight they have led at the half 70% of the time. So that's where that comes out. Like now I want to look at the, at the uh, series game being like this one specifically in game three spots. Yeah. This, this still is strong uh, favorites at home. Game three lost the first two 48 and 17 at 74% straight up 43, 20 and two at 68% against the spread. So they tend to win these games. They tend to cover these games. It's just how it goes. Uh, this is via whowins.com, which is a great site if you're looking for the historical context on these games. Uh, I like this one. In the conference finals, teams that are uh, up 2-0, this is like, I, I was really surprised at this at this number for it being as, as bad as it is. So if you're up 2-0 on the road in game three, 24 and 39 straight up, just 38% all time. All time, 24 and 39 in game three in the conference finals uh, if you're up 2-0. Now they do go on to win 
57 out of 63 times they have won. That's 91%. So we'll talk about tiers implications in a little bit. However, of those six conference finals losses where the team was down 2-0, two of them were to a LeBron James team. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, uh, the space-time continuum is a thing. We'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about about the the implied numbers on these bets because I think that's really interesting. And then, oh, by the way, I need to just list one more. Uh, I'm on the over, by the way, 223 and a half. I'm on the over. I got 223. If you get 223, it's fine. 223 and a half, it's fine. Don't take it above 224 and a half. You're chasing too much juice. 224 or below, I like the over, and I'll talk about why when I do my cap. Brandon, give me the numbers on Sean's bet of margin, basically within 10, Lakers by by under 10, but win in the first half versus our number at the minus two and a half. Yeah, so Sean, hit us with the, the two bets you made again. Give us the odds on both of those. Yeah, first half margin, Los Angeles Lakers in the first half. If, they, if they're up one to five points at plus 320 and then six through 10 points at plus 380, I'm going to take both of those. Okay, so so here's the math I'm doing just to keep it easier for you. And a lot of folks ask about this. Go on our website, Action Network, go to the betting calculator or it's on the app as well. I literally use this site or the app for it literally every day. Like you have to use this converting odds from implied percentages to the American odds, decimal odds, if you're international. So basically what you got, Sean, is one to five is implied at 23.8%. Six to 10 is an implied 20.8%. If you are doing one of these bets, and I do these a lot, where I'm like, okay, give me a couple outcomes here. What do I do to figure out what am I getting implied together? Convert it to percents, add it together, convert it back. So we converted a percents there. I told you those added together, you're at 44.6%. Using our nifty little calculator here, that tells me, Sean, you are getting a plus 124 betting on effectively on the Lakers to lead by one to 10 at the half. So it's interesting because your bet gives you a cap where the Lakers blow them out 11 or more. You lose your bet now. My bet and Matt's bet, we lose if the Lakers only lead by one or two at the half or, or push maybe by three, depending on the line that you're going to grab. So that's, that's not a nothing, but we're also paying Matt. You said, what is it? Minus one thirty-two Now, if you're taking just the FanDuel first half line, Sean, you're getting the plus one twenty-four. That's significant. That is like a 50 cent difference in payout there. I'm kind of wondering if I should switch to Sean's bet. What do you guys think about that? This is a first for buckets. Yeah, Lakers, like, if you just look at it flat out, right, Lakers first half money lines minus 205. So, yeah, it's interesting play. It it caught my eye in the – once I started seeing plus with a three in front of it, that's where I really started to dig in and and think that was was the way I would lean. Um, So, yeah, that's why why I'm looking at both of those margins. I just just don't see the Lakers coming out and going up 11-plus in the first half. I'd be shocked by that. That That's not even in the realm for me. That's why I really like the 1-10 to 10 point margin. Come on over, B.A. <laughs> but I want to hear, hear what Matt thinks on this. Um, So I think one. let's look at, at game two. Game two, Lakers' biggest lead was 11. That was third quarter. Yeah, I looked at back at the, the game three spot for the Lakers in both the previous series because, of, of course, they're coming home in both of those two. And because I, I thought I wanted all the outlines here, as I was going to bring this up on the podcast, let's do this right now as well for full game stuff. So here are some of the alternate lines full game you can get. At FanDuel, you can do by 11 or more points, plus 190. You can go as high as 
31 or more points, 36 to one. The fact that I looked it up tells you I was considering it. You can get a 15 and a half spread for plus 350. I think that's probably my favorite of the alternates if you're going to do one. However, Denver's lost three times this postseason, guys. One of those losses was Minnesota, went to overtime. Two of those losses were to Phoenix. When Devin Booker, I remind you, looked into the face of God and could not miss a shot, and Denver had a chance to tie in the final minute both games. So are we sure that we should be loading up this much on the Lakers, and are we sure they can really totally run them off the court? Because Denver effectively is unbeaten or taken a game to at least the final minute with a chance to win. That made me almost rethink even the minus five here. I'm not too worried about it because the Matt Mitchell stat, but I don't know if I really want to go on the alts here. And I think that's why I like Sean's idea a little bit more. Honestly, here, here would be where I would start with you. Um, this is like shifting it to a more of a narrative discussion, but it's, it's a basketball question is like, who do you think is better? The Lakers or the Suns? Like that's a question I think you need to answer because the Suns were not able to get distance on the, on the nuggets. The nuggets were just always there. Like no matter like Devin Booker's scoring, like you said, looked, I love that looked into the face of God, like all this stuff doesn't matter. The nuggets are just like, <laughs> yep, no problem. We're here. And like, I gotta be honest with you. Like Denver shot poorly in game two. Now I thought they would. I love I like the under. Right. So like yeah, I'm doing the same thing sure. in both conference final series where I went, over game one, I'm coming back <laughs> under in game two. I'm going back over in game three. And like, spoiler alert, I'm going to do the exact same thing with Boston and, and Miami um, based off of how I see the adjustments and the shooting variants kind of like, I'm not trying to predict shooting variants because it's variant by its design, but like watching the, the flow of the series. I mean, look, I think that, I don't know. My question, Brandon, on, on trying to figure out the which angle of the play in the first half is like, what do we think the chances are that the Nuggets just lead? Right. Because like that's going to factor into some of this where we're like both of us are on the are, are on the same side of this. But that's some of the risk here is just like it could just lose outright. Um, Sean's got we both have one way that that the nug that the Lakers lead and we lose. We both have one scenario like 11 or more or yeah. less than two. Right. Uh, I do feel like the the like the number of outcomes there makes me st- like I'm going to stick with minus two and a half. Like, I, I feel okay on that just because I'm like, look. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those spots where the Lakers are up a dozen and I'm like, I was doing too much. What the fuck was right. I doing? I should have taken minus two and a <laughs> half. What am I, what a, I was trying to get cute and this is, that's where I'm at. One of the big reasons I like the first half is flat out because LeBron James is going to have the energy that he needs to go to the rack. None of his, none of his 11 first shots were in the paint uh, in game two. And then he had six straight going to the rack in the paint. And then that faded. And let's yeah. be honest, any basketball player that's tired is not interested in putting the ball on the ground and banging into people and trying to get to the rack and finish. And if they're not finished, having to go to the free throw line. It's not just LeBron James. Any ball player that's tired doesn't want yeah. to do that. And that's what I think he'll have that energy initially in a must-win game, uh, the the desperation that he'll have in L.A. I think he'll be going to the rack. I would be shocked if LeBron James took a three in the first half in this game. Ooh. Ooh, maybe an under on – on LeBron. LeBron first half threes unders. Come on, book, post it for us. <laughs> um, but maybe we just play the full game on Le- uh, LeBron under threes if we can get a, a depending on the number. Um, yeah, like I expect him to kind of like power through and get to the rim. I agree with you. I also think they'll have more transition opportunities. So um, that gets into the over for for my for me as far as a play. The Nuggets tend to have a worse turnover margin when they're on the road, right? It makes sense. There's, the communication's worse because you're in a hostile environment and the crowd's yelling. 
Um, they're going to turn the ball over. The Lakers are going to run. The Lakers are going to play with more urgency. The Lakers are going to get downhill. The Lakers are going to run and they're going to run and they're going to run and they have to because that's the only way they can score because their half court offense isn't good enough. Like it's just not. Well, I do have one other way they can score. I thought of one other way. They're going to be taking a lot of 15 foot shots in game three, standing at a line, shooting free throws the entire night. They're going to take a lot of free throws. Like if I could find a over free throws or I, I know I have seen some like special conference finals bet of like, will they make this many free throws or make this many in a row or something? They can score that way. And it, we haven't really talked about why do we like the Lakers period? We're talking about all the line stuff. So I want to do, why are, why are we on the Lakers here? Is it more than just the spot? And I think, look, the free throws thing at home, it has to be a story. The whistle in the first quarter last night was extremely, we don't want this to go. Oh, two guys, do we like, that we're getting a touch foul on every Denver player. And then Jokic is getting hammered every time he touches the ball. And it's like, can't get anything. LA is going to live at the line in this game. And it's not just that they get those points that screws with Denver because Denver can't get out and run. They, they right. get out of their flow. And we saw, I think in the first game in the fourth quarter, that was really how LA got the, the comeback. A lot of their points were at the line and Denver's offense really got stagnated there. Yeah, so a couple of, couple of notes here. One, uh, somebody was, was on Twitter talking about how, like, well, the free throw margin was only eight. Yeah, that's because the Nuggets took six free throws under 24.7 seconds yeah. because they were up and the Lakers intentionally fouled. The margin in this game was 14. They took 14 more free throws until the final 25 seconds. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And that's at a home game for the Nuggets. You're absolutely right. They're going to do that a lot. What's really this is kind of an interesting. There is such a, like a, a very specific script that the Lakers have used in the playoffs and um, in this season. Like they wanted to take one of the first two, which is why it was really interesting. They couldn't get game one. They came back and pushed in game two, which I thought was a really interesting decision. Like part of it was they just they you know they got out to a lead and were like, oh, we can win this, so we got to make sure we win this. So we're gonna play our guys forty plus minutes, and then they lost anyway. Because, like, they took one of first two in the first two series, won the two at, at home, set them up 3-1, and closed them out in six, right? The opportunity's gone. They cannot win, you know, they can't win in five. They can't be up 3-1 at this point. That's impossible. So, what the Lakers want is they want to score, get free throws, muck up the game, and then get back, get a stop, and then run. And get free throws. Like, that's what they specifically want, is they want transition free throws is, like, the ideal Lakers scenario. If it's not just an open dunk, that's what they want to get to. And don't get me wrong, like, free throws tend to slow down the game, but it's also just, like, bonus points. And then we factor in the turnover margin. That's what I really think is going to happen in this game, is we're going to see, like, a much, much higher turnover rate for for Denver. And so the Lakers are going to win this game. Honestly, if we're talking about, like, why the Lakers are going to win... Like, do you see them going down 3-0 and historically uh, teams in this spot have won? Because if you're talking about the basketball side, I don't know. Um, what the, the convention is, role players play better at home. Well, Austin Reeves and is now is shot 60% from three in Denver, and Rui Hachimura was 8 of 10 in game two. Like, he's been phenomenal. Their role players stepped up. 
it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James that completely wet the bed. And LeBron was exhausted to Sean's point. I do want to know, like one of the big, you want to know why, Anthony, why LeBron James was so out of legs and having to shoot those threes? Cause he's having to play center because Anthony Davis can't like that was the adjustment in game two. It wasn't Rui Hachimura. It was, we're going to defend Jokic with LeBron and it worked. LeBron did such a great job defending Jokic, but guess what? Defending the very much bigger two-time MVP takes it out of a guy at 38 years old. And then on top of it, Anthony Davis still didn't have the legs to give him anything. It's in every other game though. So like I expect AD to bounce back. I'm going to be on AD over points in this game. He had 40 in the first one. He had 20, whatever last night, the line's 24 and a half. He probably like, like, like Brandon mentioned, AD probably gets 14 points off of free throws in this game. So uh, I will take the over on Anthony Davis points as well as another prop here. Hey, this is Action Network audio director Matt Mitchell inviting you to head into the sports betting summer with new gear that's built to last. And our folks at Shady Rays, friends of the podcast, they have you covered from the sun to the slopes to out at sea with their premium polarized shades. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company offering world-class products just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. And like our betting podcasts, their sunglasses offer the clearest possible optics. Shady Rays also offers the most bananas protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of their sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So what does that mean? Here's what they told me. It means if you lose or break your pair, even a minute after they arrive, Shady Rays will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Plus, if you don't love them, just exchange them for a new pair or even return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Basically the opposite of betting on the Oakland A's. So exclusively for our podcast listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ACTION for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. To go back to Jokic, since that fourth quarter in game one, he's nine of 23 from the floor. So he is getting bothered on offense. It, it, it was free cheese in the first three quarters of that game one. He was doing any and everything he wanted. As soon as they made AD the Romer and have been rotating Braun, Rui, and anyone else on the Jokic, it has helped. But, um, yeah, it's clear Jokic is getting bothered on offense a little bit. I mean, you can shake your head, man. I just think that it's it's everything was coming very easy. It's not coming as easy. Uh, to your point, Sean, Jokic in the two fourth quarters for the series is all of six from the field. He has three points, four rebounds, five assists. In two fourth quarters, he has four fouls and five turnovers. Those are tired mistakes. Uh, it's a fair point. I don't agree. But to, to Sean's point, though, Nine of 23. This is Nikola Jokic. Like he's normally going to go like 15 of 23. All that's of crazy. six. That's like, crazy. Well, hang on, hang on. So since what, what's that number? That so the, since the end of the third quarter in game one, so the fourth quarter of game one, and then all of game two, he's nine of 23 from the floor. Yeah. It's, it's not nothing. Nikola Jokic is so supremely good and efficient that nine of 23 and all of six on the two fourth quarter. It's, it's not nothing. It's not everything. But I think it is a thing to keep an eye on. And the, the late turnovers are a thing like that. That has to be some fatigue creeping in. So l- let me segue into I brought up the Jokic turnover. That's one of my props here. So you make a quick case for both of these. 
And I want you guys to help me because I think you're right, Matt. I probably should play one of these, not both of them. And I'm not positive which one. So Jokic over three and a half turnovers. Sounds like a lot. He's had five both games. So we're, we're going to have to pay juice on this one. It's minus 150 most places. But last six games, Jokic is at 4.7 turnovers a game. He's had over this number, four or more, and all but one of the six. So five times he's hit this. So that's that one. On the other side, you got Anthony Davis stocks, steals plus blocks. I don't want them separate. We're getting, we're getting some weird calls by the refs here. So giving them together over three and a half, two games in a row, five stocks, both games. He had one steal, four blocks in this one. He's had three games of five stocks against Denver this year. He's over three and a half and 11 out of 14 playoff games now, 79% and seven of the last eight. I'm a little concerned about playing both of these because if, if Davis doesn't get any steals and blocks, there's a decent chance Jokic didn't turn it over. They, they might be correlated because he's probably stealing off of them. So I think playing both is maybe not great. My other concern is I looked for a lot of props in this game. I looked at a lot of angles. There's a lot of interesting things happening, but I mostly play overs overall, and I don't want many overs in this game because I'm worried that guys might just not be playing near the end, and that screws all your overs up. So if we don't really go deep into the game, if we get a little of garbage time in here, then I'm not positive which one I'm more certain happened. Did we get to the garbage time because Anthony Davis was awesome on defense? Did we get to the garbage time because Jokic turned it over? Because remember, the turnovers are coming in the fourth quarter. So if he doesn't play much of the fourth quarter because it's already done, we don't get those extra turnovers. So I don't know. I haven't made up my mind. What do you guys think? If I Should I play only one of these? And, and, and listeners too, they may not again, have both these options. Which one would you pick? If you're going to pick one, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I would definitely go with AD over on the stocks is what I would do because you don't know what the pace of the game is going to be like, like I'm predicting that the the Lakers are going to get in transition and are going to play highly efficient basketball. This could still be a slow paced game. Like I could still hit my over here with a slower paced game in which the Lakers win 120 to one. Yeah. Oh, five. Right. Um, so like, there's all these kind of opportunities for them to, to, to play a, a hyper efficient game because the nuggets turn the ball over dominate Denver, but it's only pace is interesting. Cause we only think we think of it in like a combined flow, but it's like, if the Lakers play at a fast pace and the nuggets play at a slow pace, then we come out at like a, at a, a pretty average on the, on the, on the entirety. I'll also tell you, like, I just think AD is just going to rack up these random once like he just racks them up he just grabs like a random steal a random yeah. a random block on a loose ball like he's gotten a few like random blocks on just like put back attempts by ag or whatever um i would imagine that probably ag's numbers of times blocked goes up on the road if that's anecdotal but it feels like mm. that so i kind of like that one more what i would say though is like you can same game this because nicole Jokic is nine of 23 um, in the last five quarters in a terrible series for him up to, um, is <laughs> you guys can go ahead and, and, but no, I'm serious. I am serious on this. Cause I may play this. Why don't you play the Nikola Jokic under on points? Because if they're defending him the way that he is, he's going to look to pass. They've also started doubling him. That means more like he'll shoot less. Plus you have the blowout factor. The number's 28 and a half, Brandon. That's really high. It's above. That's Jokic's uh, number 28 and a half. 28 and a half is the yeah, points, that's a lot. Is the points total. So maybe just play, if you're going to play a Jokic side, play under 28 and a half. Oh, and it's only minus 120 on the under. So 28 and a half under on Jokic. You either get there if he doesn't play in the fourth, or you get there 
if he doesn't shoot well because he's been shut down by this amazing Lakers defense. So are you are you playing that with one of our Lakers angles? How, how do yeah. you feel about a Jokic points under Lakers first half Lakers full game? We got we got to work this out. Um, yeah, that's that's about as correlated as it gets. So yeah, right. Um, Lakers first half money line, Lakers full game money line, Jokic under twenty eight and a half is plus two oh five. That's not bad. I, I I definitely feel anecdotally, I have to check the numbers on it, but it feels so far in the playoffs like Mike Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon have both not shown up on the road as much as they have at home. Like that's the role player thing for Denver. Yep. So if they're not showing up and Jamal is still sick, which he is, and Jamal does not hit all the jumpers in the fourth quarter, don't forget he was not hitting shots in the first three quarters. Yeah. That's That's my only concern is, Nicola is just going to start. If, if he like ain't nobody else showed up tonight, I guess it's me. I'm a little concerned that he's just going to start firing shots up because we've seen him do that a few times. So that's yeah, my only concern on the under here. But if he does go under, it's hard to imagine the Lakers not rolling here. I, I want to talk series a little bit. I, yeah. I'm just curious if you guys think like, are, are we done here? The, the, are the, the Nuggets are up 2-0. Is this a wrap? And like how much chance do you give the Lakers still to, to come back and, and make this a series? Yeah. I mean, I picked, uh, I picked the nuggets coming in minus one sixty. I took them in seven. I want to say it was like plus two fifteen or something. I can't say it's over yet. I, I, I could see the Lakers winning both of these games here at home. And then we really buckle buckle in, but overall, I think this game in, game out day, every other day is really going to wear down the Lakers before it wears down Denver. Denver's deeper, better overall squad. I like Denver. I think Denver's going to win the series. I like Denver minus one and a half. I still like Denver minus one and a half. Um, I think if you thought coming in, so after game one, I said, if you, if, you, if you bet the Lakers, you should feel good. I said, if you bet the Nuggets, you should feel good. I think after this one, if you felt really confident in the Lakers, you should probably be like, uh, I'm in trouble. Like the numbers just say that the team's in the spot win. It's 57 and six in the conference finals. That's the number if you go up 2-0. It's 57 and six. Brandon mentioned like, yeah, but when LeBron plays, and it's true, my only problem is like, I, I did a lot of this in our deep dive on Action Network. So many times, the 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 context of those series is different where either like, you know, when LeBron's done it, one that was like 15 years ago right with the pistons um 16 years ago and the other one was the warrior series which like we just need to put the warrior series in a little glass bottle and put it aside <laughs> like it was the most amazing comeback in nba history it is literally the best comeback in nba and maybe in sports history that's the greatest comeback in nba history um i think you gotta put that one aside the other thing is just like if we take if we take the na the names off the jerseys here and we look at like production efficiency four factors all of these things what are we doing like what are we like if it wasn't the lakers what are these numbers today right that said the nuggets are really bad on the road right so if you're looking for a spot if you if you didn't bet nuggets before the series because you're either like i want to see how it goes or you bet lakers and now you're trying to get out of it just wait they can't adjust enough in game three game four is i think is is it's not going to decide the series because I think the Nuggets can still win in seven and they can still win in six. Like, I think they can lose game four because they're going to lose game three. They can lose these next two and still beat them like they did Phoenix or win in seven. I think both of those are very much on the table. Like, if the Lakers win three and four, the Lakers are not absolutely winning the series. 
but you'll get a much better price on the Nuggets if the if the the Lakers win games three and four. And those are very possible. My feeling, this is gut check. My feeling is the Nuggets lose game three and they win game four. And it's 3-1 and everyone's like, oh. And then I actually kind of <laughs> think the Nuggets might lose game five um, and then close them out in six. But like, that's kind of my read on it, Brandon. Um, now, I like, I do want to be clear on this. This is not me trolling you guys. I'm being very serious. If you think they have figured out something on, on Jokic, that needs to drastically impact your cap. Because Jamal can't carry them. MPJ can't carry them. Aaron Gordon's not a factor. KCP will have another game. Bruce Brown's going to be bad on the road. Jeff Green's going to be a minus 16 in game three. I'll just tell you right now. If I could bet plus minus, I would take alts on Jeff Green alternate under on plus minus. But if you genuinely feel that they are doing something which is disrupting Nikola Jokic's cause 9 to 23, I'm dead serious. You need to look at Lakers... In seven Lakers on the on the series spread just to win, not series spread, but just the series price on the on the Lakers. If that's a real thing that you believe, you should be on that side because there's no way that the Nuggets can win with a less effective Nikola Jokic. Game game two, he was still really he had triple double in game two. He was shooting nine of seventeen going into the fourth. Right, they're dominating in his minutes. His plus minus in the series is great. Right. But if you think that it's they're wearing him out and winning that battle, you should look at Lakers to win the series outright, Brandon. Yeah, but I think the important distinction there is I think that the Nuggets can win with a less effective scoring Jokic. And I think that that's all that we're saying here is like he can still dominate on the glass, which he's been incredible on the glass in the series. He can dominate with assists. He can control the game, still be not God level efficient Jokic still scores 20 points a game on like Embiid level efficiency. Yeah, I said it and still be good because he does all the other stuff that an MVP. Yeah, I said it does in that spot. So I have most likely outcome at this point. Nuggets in five is 32% for me. Second most likely is Nuggets in seven, very slightly over Nuggets in six. Fourth most likely is Nuggets sweep. And then you get to the Lakers outcomes after that. So that being said, not the universe is not ready for the for the Los Angeles Lakers to get the <laughs> Now, I, I I would not bet the sweep. Normally in this spot, I would look for the sweep. The way that I feel yeah. about the Nuggets in the series, but I don't want it. With Le- LeBron's been swept twice, both times in the finals, both by vastly superior teams. So I just I don't think that's happening here. I, I will say this: I two two ways to play the series. If you want to play a, a Nuggets series angle, if you want to play it now. Lakers to win game three, Nuggets to win the series, you get basically at even money. It's minus 105. I That puts it at, what is that, about like 52, 53% implied. I have that out closer to 59%. So I have a, a margin there. I think the most likely of all the games left in the series, the game I'm most confident in a team winning, it is the Lakers in game three, despite how much I like the Nuggets overall. I think the better way to play it is to wait for the Lakers to win this game three and then we'll, and we'll be on, but then all these numbers will adjust. And I think, I think I'll just take nuggets in five. I disagree with you, Matt. I think, I think the nuggets do win game four or at least can win that one. And then this team has proven to me that they're just going to go finish the job after that. So I think that's the way, if you like Denver, even though you think this is a good Lakers spot, either you play it now as the game series double or you wait till after the Lakers win and then get the better number. If this is 2-2, do we feel like the Lakers are live? 
That's if that's this is two two, I am hammering Game Five, Denver, just like okay. I did against Phoenix. Okay. Do we feel well, like the Lakers? Do we feel like the Lakers series prices is going to be valuable if it's two two? No, uh, Denver. Bet I was Denver. I was going to say yeah, it's going to be Denver is going to be a valuable number. People are going to people love to bet the Lakers. Oh, I think yeah. when we were when we were going back to like what's this the minus one and a half series price? What's it going to look like if the Lakers have a monster game three? It'll be that all like it'll that, since. 10, 20 cents may come off just because of it's an impressive performance by the Lakers. It's it's going to be a lot of extra outside noise depending on how this game three looks. And B.A., don't worry about it. I'll bet Jokic for us under 28 and a half. And then he'll <laughs> score. Then listen, look, he'll score 28, and me and you will go get some some grub on, on Jokic. And then Matt Moore will be on full tilt because it was like a 28, 15, and 11 on 10 of 16, but we, we cashed the under 28. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I'm I'm gonna bet the I'm gonna bet the under as well because I think the foul trouble and the 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 foul trouble plus garbage time cap for Brandon, that's really sharp. So if you guys are right on on the defense thing, we get there. If it's garbage time, we get there. If it's foul trouble, we get there. Like we have so many angles for 28 and a half under. That number's preposterously high. Like yeah. I'm I'm with you. All right, that's gonna do it for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. You can catch Sean Little on Twitter at Chicago Flow. You can catch Brandon Anderson on Twitter at Wheaton Brandom. And thanks, to David Payne, our producer. Uh, we are done for the week, but we'll be back on Sunday night getting you set for the next Denver Nuggets game versus the Los Angeles Lakers in game four. And then we'll have best bets throughout the week on the Eastern Conference Finals as well, as well as WNBA. Go check out the WNBA episodes. It's such a soft market. Go check those out. Leave us a five-star review. You can win pro subscription or merch. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.